I feel joy when my many worlds overlap, collide, and mush together. Upon reflection, of course, how could they not? Health touches everything, especially in its absence. Music feeds and soothes the soul, unless it grates, of course. Health starts before birth and continues through actualization. When I met Betsy Neptune as a conga player and vocalist in the Latin band Lechuga Fresca, I didn't know she was executive director of Boston Build, an entrepreneurship program for underserved high school students that teach them how to build their own business while becoming the CEO of their lives. Youth, entrepreneurship, self-care, self-confidence, equity, and inclusion. The magic levers of best health. Betsy Neptune comes to build with over 15 years of experience in community economic development in Latin America and the U.S. She's passionate about creating a world where everyone can have a job that they love and one through which they can grow and develop to have a positive impact. In her most recent role, as the Chief of Economic Development for the Metropolitan Area Planning Agency, she led economic recovery and resilience efforts for 101 cities and towns in Greater Boston. During her tenure, she expanded the team's work beyond traditional economic development efforts to include workforce development, digital access, and other strategies to advance wealth creation, focusing on reducing the racial wealth gap. Her team played a crucial role in COVID response and recovery efforts throughout the greater Boston region. Her work is shaped by her experiences working in community economic development for several years in Ecuador, Peru, and Chile. Betsy has a heart for teaching, coaching, and entrepreneurship, so BUILD is a perfect fit. She graduated from Trinity College with a degree in anthropology and certificates in nonprofit management and corporate social responsibility. She received her MPA from the Harvard Kennedy School of Government. Through her coaching business, she has taught high school and graduate level classes and coached existing and emerging entrepreneurs. Let's meet Betsy Neptune. Welcome to Health Hats, the podcast. I'm Danny Van Leeuwen, a two-legged cisgender old white man of privilege who knows a little about a lot of health care and a lot about very little. We will listen and learn about what it takes to adjust to life's realities in the awesome circus of health care. Let's make some sense of all of this. Betsy. Thanks yes. for joining me. You're I'm so glad that we are having this conversation. Why don't we, let's get to know you a little bit. Start with, when did you first realize that health was fragile? That's a good question. Well, I think, I'll just say for myself personally, I have some hypersensitivity issues and my senses are tuned up too high, and which I think makes me, you and I are musicians. I think that can make you a sensitive musician. I think it also make the world more intense. Oh, yeah. um, and so that's a, that's one side of it. And also just meeting people with different health challenges over the years or family members, 
And I think one of the things, and you've been advocating a lot for this, but is access to good quality healthcare and just seeing how it varies. And so many people don't have access to the healthcare that they need, or even the answers that they need to be able to live a healthier life. So I think a lot of different experience, but certainly as I've grown, getting a better sense of public health element of it, that there's so many things that are involved in being healthy, not just not just the absence of disease, but also like neighborhood conditions. And I work in entrepreneurship and business development, but I've also done a lot of community economic development. And certainly (laughs) that's part of being healthy. And so it is fragile because there's so many things that go into creating a healthy environment and and people be well. Yeah. Yeah. When I was doing a little search and trying to get a sense of build, the thing that that like struck me right away is you saying help students become CEO of their lives. Yes. And that resonated with me because in my health advocacy, I use similar terms, becoming CEO of your lives in terms of managing your health. But can you tell me Tell us more about that and your build and that tagline. Sure. And I think I love that it's part of the health conversation and we can talk about how this relates. But so the program is really designed to teach entrepreneurial skills to high school students. And it started actually originated in San Francisco as a dropout prevention program. We've shifted our model since then. That was 1999, but really designed to kind of work with young people that if not for build, might go down a path that's not maximizing all of their capacities and helping mm-hmm. them explore opportunities. And so all of our students actually build and create a business and okay. generate revenue. They work together on a team, they pitch their idea, they sell their products. But most of our students are not going to go on to be entrepreneurs. Some of them might, but the majority of them are going to go into a variety of different professions and work at different companies or organizations. But the skill set around How do you identify a problem in the world? How do you then solve that problem with a unique idea? How do you pitch that idea to someone, then work with the team to collaborate, to create that product? And then how do you manage your finances? All of that is not specific to to business, but really a life skill. Those are life skills. Absolutely. So our young people are, I was talking with a young person today about resume, resume writing. And we said, it's the same thing as pitching your product. You're pitching yourself as the right. product. Or how do I answer questions in an interview? A lot of our students have gone through a pitch process where they've been on stage and a judge is asking them, how did you come up with this idea? And what about your marketing plan? And what about your market research? So all of that really goes into helping them develop all of those skills. So our students say they have better public speaking skills, more confidence in terms of working with their teammates, and also just this confidence of, I just put out an idea in the world and someone bought it. Yeah, um, yeah. So the confidence that they have to be able to do something like that, which then sets them up for post-secondary success. Now a word about our sponsor, A Bridge. Use a bridge to record your doctor visit. Push the big pink button and record the conversation. Read the transcript or listen to clips when you get home. Check out the app at abridge.com. A-B-R-I-D-G-E dot com. Or download it on the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Record your healthcare conversations. Let me know how it went. 
So how do people find? So our website is build.org and that's the national website. So we're in several different sites around the country. And there's a specific site on our website for the Boston program. And then that lists all of our initiatives, our right. team, our board. So that's the best. That's but the best. I, thank you for that. But I was thinking more about like somebody to do that. Somebody has to know something first and then go looking for that. Yes. But how do people, whether it's the kids or the parents, oh, like, good how yeah. are they ever going to like, how is it in their consciousness in their yeah. even yeah, to even think of it? Yeah. So we work in public schools. Okay. Uh, so right now we're focused on Boston Public Schools and Randolph's Public Schools. Okay. And the schools, we partner with the school leaders to then offer this as an elective program. Oh, so it's an elective course for our students. So all the freshmen in all the high schools that we work in have an opportunity to take the course and then they opt in. So they say, yes, yeah. I want to learn how to become an entrepreneur. Wow. And we're currently expanding to more high schools for next year. Focus really is on under-resourced high schools, okay. focusing on those schools that, again, the students have a number of different challenges. When we go back to the public health question, number mm-hmm. of challenges in their neighborhoods or right. more limited social networks. And that's the other piece of our program is that we match all of our student businesses with mentors who come from different companies or organizations. And that, again, if you think from a public health perspective, broadening one's social networks to be able to access more opportunities as part of living a healthy and full life. So a lot of our students have never had relationships outside of their neighborhood or outside of their community group or ethnic group. And so being able to help them access folks who live in the seaport or work in the seaport or mm-hmm. someone who works at a financial institution that they might not ever come into contact with is really important for us. Then I guess I would ask a similar question. How do you find mentors? It seems if you're so, de- it sounds like this is pretty dependent on mentors. Yeah, it's a good question. So they come to us through a variety of ways. So one is that we have a really strong base of corporate partners and we're seeing a trend in kind of corporate philanthropy that Uh, They want to get, it's not just about giving a check, which we appreciate. It's mm -hmm. broader than that. So a lot of the corporate partners that we work with say, we want to donate to you, but we also want our employees to be engaged. And that's around kind of employee engagement and providing a good experience for their employees. So I was just talking with someone today from an institution that has been donating to us who said, we want to give you more, but we would like our staff to be more involved as mentors. Some mentors come to us through community organizations. So I have a staff on on our team who's thinking about recruiting mentors from a broader range, right? Churches or Mm -hmm. synagogues or other community-based organizations that could more readily understand the experience of our students. Uh The majority, yeah, the majority comes from the corporate sector. It is, uh, you know, what you're saying. And I think about my work in healthcare and research. And like today, one of the things I'm working on is just thinking about the more community directed research that most health research comes from the academic medical centers who then go to communities to find resources. And I'm thinking, what are the questions Mm. that communities have and how do they find mentors in research who have the research skills and so that it's coming from the community that are then partnering with research rather than research trying to partner with communities. When you and I first talked about having this conversation for the podcast, I'm thinking that we first started talking about the building of resilience in students. Yes. 
which was the thing that sort of resonated with me to want to learn more because this whole learning how to take care of yourself. Yeah. We all have stresses in the world, in our worlds, and some of them aren't manageable. Like grief is not really a manageable stress. You have grief, you got it. You have trauma in your life. There it is. But there's so many stresses that are manageable. And it seems that by this problem solving that you're teaching or modeling or experimenting with is a skill that helps people manage manageable stress. Yes. Yes, exactly. And so we have a number of kind of core principles or skills that we want to instill in our students. And one of them, we call it grit, which is the same, right? Resilience. And the other night we had a pitch competition. So all of our teams competed over this past year, all of our freshman teams, and we narrowed it down to three that pitched in front of 300 people and a group of VIP judges. One of the teams said, we demonstrate grit and Mm -hmm. they had to develop a product. So they had a product that they tried to develop and it didn't work. Um, They were developing keychains and they didn't know how to do the laser cutting and it just came out looking terrible. And so they talked about how they had to continually iterate. And they said, that took a lot of grit. We messed up. Which is in real life. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I've failed way more times than I've ever succeeded. I think that's a good point, actually. One of the things that I think a lot about is who has the opportunity to fail, who has more of a cushion, right? And a lot of the, I've coached entrepreneurs for years and some of the entrepreneurs that I've worked with just don't have that cushion. If you think about the big entrepreneurs of the world, right? The, all the famous folks that have created companies, a lot of them really had more of a financial cushion to be able to fail. And most entrepreneurs have to iterate over and over again to get the idea. But a lot of people just don't have that financial cushion, whether they didn't grow up with those resources or don't have the right connections to people. And so that's a lot of what we're hoping to instill in the young people that we work with is you can actually take risks wisely and learn from them with a smaller amount of money. But how do you do that in a way that then helps you learn and continue to grow? That's interesting. When I think about when I first started this uh, blogging and podcasting, what I would talk about was the magic levers of best. And I think one of them, there's basic things like drink water. Yeah. But I think one of them is live within your means yep. or live under your means, yep. which then is the thing. Because I think about the times I've gotten laid yeah. off or fired, would you know, because I am who I am. And it just, yeah. we could do it because yeah. we weren't overextended. So right. we had that cushion, right. as you were saying. And I think that's a skill. You think they teach this shit in high school? They do. I, they I do. know. It's like... They don't. Like how and, much base? How much more basic can you get? And it's a good point Ugh. because we give. So we give our student teams at the very beginning. We give them fifty dollars to prototype. Right. So fifty dollars, yeah. create a product. That's yeah. all you have. And then if they do well, then they pitch that, and we have kind of volunteer investors that are corporate partners of ours generally. And then based on their recommendation, then we'll give them one hundred and fifty more to manufacture. Right. That's it. Yeah. And within that, they've generated one of the student teams generated $300 in profit already and $400, which split between teenagers is not a bad deal. For, no, no. And it's, class. It's, oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay. So you and I know each other through music. Yes. So we play in a band together. Yeah. And for me, 
the I'm really good at what I do professionally. Yes, you are. Uh, not so much music. And <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, it's, well, but I think about my own managing stress and my own, yeah, yeah. my own life and the role that different people, different circumstances, different mm-hmm. challenges, when it's a break away from the career. I'm never going to be a career musician. I don't aspire to it and I don't have what it takes. And, but so how do you do with the kids and thinking about this business of grit and that, that there's, that they're, they have these, what am I trying to say? Their life is broader. Yeah, it's a good point. I, I think about it as a balance, like obviously practice, like there's raw talent and then there's, practice and we see that so in so many athletes or musicians or that you can identify someone you're like that's raw talent but also they need to practice and develop that so I think for some of our students it's trying to you can't just rely on what you're good at you actually have to put in the time and then really identifying like then for a lot of these students and I just had a conversation with some of our graduates that we've given scholarships to so where does your passion and your skills and uh, the opportunities align okay so that you're making wise decisions and maybe myself included i love music i'm also not going to be a professional musician because i have other passions and also i don't have the like raw talent of incredible musicians and so you right, make a right. choice that this right. brings me life and this is fun and i'll put in x amount of time but i'm also going to have a full-time right. job that pays the bills and something that I... Right, right. Wasn't it Pablo Casal, the cellist, yeah. who said he practices like eight or nine hours a day and he'll like, he's getting there. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like... Exactly. Yeah. I think even people would tell. Anyway, that's not the point of all this. Yeah. I'm just not amazed. I'm impressed about how much the, we can learn from mm-hmm. both the managing their health in through their entrepreneurialness, whatever the word is, yeah, optim- whatever, and yeah. and also that this I think so much of being an advocate, like I'm a patient caregiver advocate, and like today I was in a meeting of these techies, and I'm like talking to them about that they need to do some marketing. Who can relate? What's their pitch? Like, how are they, how are people going to be, what they're doing is really important, but who knows about what they're doing? And so I think that you're, I think that you're right, that these are skills that just, they can be used in your family, your business, your church, your, these are like, this is about politics, politics, meaning the art of getting stuff done. That's right. That's right. it's, It's really... I'm impressed. I would agree. It's funny because when I coach entrepreneurs, sometimes they say, oh, do I need to patent this idea? And obviously there's certain things that you need to patent. But generally my recommendation is no, because a lot of people have actually probably already had that idea. They just haven't done it. They haven't done it. Right. Or they haven't marketed it, or they haven't really figured out the plan. It is about having a good idea, but it's also then the execution. And a lot of our students, again, they're, they have good ideas but helping them, you can't just rely on the good idea. You actually have to get it done and get the word out. And so I think that skill, again, is a, that's a life skill. Because a lot of our, skill. I know a lot of people that, man, they have great ideas and have just never gotten them out into the world or followed through and left the ideas. And, and you think about having, like, ha- having accomplished 
one thing through this program. And even if it is getting $50 and making something, yep. that is, oh, the confidence building of that oh, yeah. is, is monster. Oh, yeah. And all of our students, so all of our students have to pitch. Like they work as a team. All Every student has to pitch in front of strangers. And so when we talk to them afterwards, they say, that's the thing. I was terrified to do public speaking. We had this big event the other night with freshmen, so 14-year-olds, pitching on stage in front of 300 people. And many of the adults came up to me and they were like, I never would be able to do that now because just never learned that skill or learned to develop that confidence. And they all were so confident pitching. So it was great. Yeah, great. You must love what you do. I do. I do. I'm fortunate. Yeah, that is yeah. fortunate. So what should we have talked about that we had? We might have covered it. I think, I don't know if there's more of a health, like the health connection for them. I'll just say, again, I think developing their skills, because if you think about it, even in the healthcare system, and this is what you've been working on for so long, they're now able to advocate for themselves oh, in a different, yes. right? In a different way, because they've had to put their idea out in the world. And I think that's also my hope a skill that they'll bring into every other aspect of their life when they yeah. bump, up, bump up against a doctor or for themselves them, or, or their parents or, or the kids. insurance. Yeah. Whatever the insurance company or, or things that are happening in their neighborhood that aren't contributing to their well-being. So I hope this is a skill that translates to give them a better quality of life, not just in the classroom. Yeah. Wow. This is great. Good. Thank you. Thank you, Danny. This is so fun. Oh, good. And it's good, a privilege. Good. It's a privilege to be a part of what you're doing and yeah, all like you're, you that you're doing to bring health and well-being to the world. It's it's like totally selfish because <laughs> what it is it's a it's a platform for me to learn. You know, I I have so many questions about things and I don't know. I'm not that good at studying on stuff. And so this so I have this conversation and frankly tomorrow I will have forgotten this whole <laughs> conversation, but it's then I have to produce it. Yeah, so And fun. so then I'll be listening. And so why is this important? And what's the story? And what do I, how do I want? And then it's, it's gotten into my brain. And so then I can retrieve it other times when I need it. So it really, it really, uh, it really helps me. And the other part really is I spend a lot of years in nursing. And one of the best things about nursing is it's legal to be nosy. And I miss <laughs> that. <laughs> and in a way, this is this is it's wonderful. I love that. I love that. But it's still, and it's okay. So I've learned a little bit about your life, yes. and what you do, and what you care about. And it wasn't too intrusive, but I'm a little nosy. I and... love it. I love it. That's such a great. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thank you. Take care, Danny. Thank you. Okay. Take good care. Yeah. Bye bye. If you'd like a bonus to hear Betsy on congas and vocals and me on Barry Sachs with the Lechuga Fresca Latin Band, listen on through this reflection and the outro. I spent two days this week as a guest at a health equity summit sponsored by the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, ARC. I recorded this chat with Betsy in June. The overlap couldn't be more pronounced. Health equity? No, health itself depends on local communities with members who actively embody and accelerate agency, belonging, self-confidence, and engagement. Build brings to light, nurtures, and fertilizes the seeds already present 
and young people as they find their communities. We old farts need them. Build in their mentees. There's only so much we can still do. We're old. They aren't. Please find the organizations in your community that support rising young people. Mentor through those opportunities or find your own wherever you live, work, play, worship, or learn. It'll be good for you and certainly good for us. the show notes, previous podcasts, and other resources through my website, www.health-hats.com. Please subscribe and contribute. If you like it, share it. Thanks. See you around the block.
Thank you. I did it too. I did it like five times. <laughs> we just weren't ready to let it go. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm not used to your being solid, John. <laughs>